Hello, everyone. Welcome to the P. Kristen Enos podcast. And obviously, I'm Kristen. The content of this new podcast is of three types interviews, reviews, and anecdotes from my life as an Asian American lesbian feminist activist. The anecdotes are based on the column called Active Voice that I used to write for the Long Beach and Orange County Blade LGBTQ news magazine. I wrote the column for over five years and even developed a graphic novel from some of the stories, which then became a finalist for the Lambda Literary Awards. This particular episode is an Active Voice one titled Apple Pie, Trump America, and Me. At the end of 2015, I was affected by a massive layoff from a company I had been employed by for over 25 years. I assure you, I was celebrating rather than shedding tears in that upper management and I had a distinct dislike for each other with no light at the end of the tunnel other than parting ways completely. Fast forward to fall 2018 when, after a couple of years of being completely free, I realized I needed to be an adult again and get a job. As part of the process, I realized I needed to get a replacement copy of my social security card since I had long since lost track of it due to various moves and just frankly not needing to wave it in front of anyone for any reason. Now, I was born in Bangkok, Thailand and came to America when I was two years old, becoming a naturalized citizen by being adopted by an all-American father. Since I had my birth certificate and naturalization papers, I thought the most traumatic part of getting my replacement social security card would be the infamously long waiting time at any government office. So if you're not familiar with what it's like to go to a typical U.S. government office for services, especially in a large American city, you have to check in, wait, 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 and then see the person who will actually help you with your request. And then it's a wild card from there. I showed up at the local Social Security office and stood in line to check in. When I finally got to the window, the clerk, a middle-aged Caucasian man, asked who I was so he could look me up in the social security system. I answered him and waited for his next request or instruction. He was quiet for a moment as he typed and looked at the screen, which I couldn't see. And then he frowned and asked in a very sincere and somewhat confused tone, you're an American citizen, aren't you? I was blindsided because that was not a question I was at all expecting. I held up my papers as more of a show and tell action than to let him read anything and remarked, um, yeah while trying to keep my tone as neutral as possible. I'm infamous at work for answering obvious questions with a distinct undertone of dumbass. But back to this. He just said, okay, and continued typing. But now I was confused and curious. I prompted, why did you ask? His response, well, you sound as American as apple pie. Translation, you don't have an accent. I didn't know how to respond to that, so it was my turn to just say, Okay, as I took my check-in number and walked to my seat to begin my real wait. But I mulled over that exchange. I didn't have any emotional response other than mild curiosity. I just thought it was an odd exchange. Eventually, I then met with the clerk who had actually processed my request for a replacement card. She was efficient, entered my request in the computer, and then asked me if there was anything else she could help me with. At that point, I remembered the odd exchange with the other clerk, and I said, the check-in clerk questioned if I was an American citizen, and could she figure out what was it about my profile that would prompt him to ask that? It took her a moment of looking, and then she lit up as if she figured it out. She responded, your citizenship status is listed as unknown. This was the second time I was blindsided that morning. As someone who lived in the U.S. for almost 50 years by that point, 
it never occurred to me that a key government agency would not have me listed as a U.S. citizen. The clerk then explained that when you are an immigrant with plans to become a U.S. citizen, your status is initially pending in the Social Security system. However, if there is no update after a while, the status reverts to a no. Why this becomes a common occurrence is that the Social Security system is not automatically notified when someone becomes a citizen. That person needs to go to the Social Security office in person and provide supporting documentation in order to have their citizen status updated. Apparently, this last step didn't happen for me, and after almost 50 years, I'm pretty sure there isn't a pending request that's going to be processed anytime soon. Now, given that this clerk had just processed my request for a replacement card and I had all my paperwork right in front of us, we both realized that this status needed to be corrected ASAP. This meant, however, that my request for a replacement card would be delayed as the citizen status problem needed to be fixed, more importantly, and quickly. But in the grand scheme of things, I was just glad that this was discovered, clarified, and easily corrected in my case. Keep in mind that this happened squarely in the middle of the time period infamously labeled Trump America. Now, for those of you who may be listening to this podcast years after the fact, being an undocumented person living in America is the absolutely worst possible thing to be during this time period. Yet, during those few hours of awkwardness at the Social Security office, I never once had a feeling of fear of being tagged for deportation, a very valid concern for someone who is truly undocumented. My proof of U.S. citizenship was literally in my hands. I knew it was nothing more than a bureaucratic mix-up that could be easily fixed. Now, I don't deny that I am extremely privileged to not feel like I could be expelled even after living almost 50 years in this country. And even more so, I know that this privilege had absolutely nothing to do with me. I was a toddler when I came to the U.S., I did not earn the right to citizenship. I was fortunate to have parents who were, in turn, fortunate to be in a position to give me that right. Growing up Asian American during the 70s and 80s was not cool, being in the aftermath of the Vietnam War. Yet that event is why my parents met in the first place. And because of them, I grew up with a strong sense of being a good immigrant. Not because of my race, but because I was in the country legally. Again, nothing I did personally to earn that right or label. But I grew up to be absolutely and completely American, while also embracing the non-traditional aspects of my identity. I admit, I never really viewed myself as an immigrant until Trump America. I felt like it was an environment where it wasn't good enough to be a citizen of the U.S. It also mattered how you got that citizenship status. Thus, being an immigrant American is now a very proud part of my identity. And thanks to Trump America, I have far more compassion for those who are willing to earn American citizenship status. And also thanks to Trump America, I have less tolerance for those who are just plain lucky to be born that way, and yet they feel they are superior because of it. Perhaps this is a part of my love for my country because I view it to be a place of opportunity for those who want to work and do not take it for granted. To me, that's how you become as American as apple pie. Thank you for your time and attention. This has been P. Kristen Enos' podcast. The next installment will be November 18th. Take care of yourselves and others until then. Bye.